Go ahead. Rolling? Rolling. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the hardworking happy hour. I'm Sean. And I am Catherine. And as always, we will be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. And this week, we have a very special guest with us. We have none other than Mr. Scott Kelly. Yeah. Yay. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. I am stoked to be here. <laughs> well, you are one of our biggest supporters, one of our greatest listeners and sharers of podcast lore. And uh, and now we're here. We're out in Colorado in your home state. Yeah. And I uh, figured we had to get you on. Definitely. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> well, we're thrilled to have you, Mr. Kelly. Do you want to give a little update as to why we're on the road? Oh, sure. Didn't we talk about it? We talked about it a little bit last week. A little we bit. We had to do a speaking engagement. Yeah. Speaking engagement, now done. Went we are at the, fairly well. We're at. Yeah. Went pretty well. Neither went of very us. Very well. Went very well. <laughs> very Thank well. you so Thank much. Thank you. Uh, we talked. We had slides. Yeah. And we, what is this event? You're talking oh, a lot the, about yourself. Give a little bit oh, of a... <laughs> oh, for that, I do apologize. We are here at CDX at the Deck Superstore in Commerce City, Colorado. Yes. Uh, pretty cool. It's uh, I've never been to a Deck-specific supplier, but this place is a huge operation, big enough to put on their own trade show, which yeah, is pretty, pretty cool. cool. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I had never been in a Deck store before today and uh it's pretty great yeah not just a store superstore 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 super so yeah and uh they asked us for some reason to do the keynote speech <laughs> they must have been pretty <laughs> desperate but uh we did that it's over and yep. now we have the opportunity to have mr scott kelly on the podcast and uh what do you, do you think we should get into some interesting stuff sure yeah you think so okay mm-hmm. i think that's a good idea we're gonna ask him some good questions and uh should we just get into it right now? <laughs> yeah. I guess so. <laughs> Scott. Better late than never. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Scott Kelly, uh, you do many things so well. You are a man of great stature and power. And uh, I guess I guess your biggest thing is, is steel framing on decks. Why? Uh, well, let's go. Let's go back to. Last week's episode that you guys did with the start with why. Um, like a true listener. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, you know, you, as a builder, you tear out so many decks that are just rotted and falling apart and at a very short service life. And you look at the the hardware holding that deck together and the hardware looks like it was put in last week and it was kind of like, well, why don't I just build the whole thing out of that? Huh. Mm. This is interesting. Uh, And what I have learned just being out here talking to you and some other builders today is just how different the climate is here. Uh, It's so dry that wood tends to do some funny things out here. So, uh, you know, it's some problems that we don't encounter as much in our area. Uh, so, you know, we haven't had those kind of problems, but it's uh, it's interesting to hear we're in a different spot and the climate affects it so much differently. So, uh, yeah. Definitely yeah. a huge difference. Yeah, we don't, you know, you guys have humidity and we don't. And, I mean, there's, you have boards out here that... It, will literally pull themselves out of a joist hanger because they shrink so much. And hmm. 
So There's like a, no humidity here? No, almost. Not almost even in the summer? No. no, no really? Colorado so is nice. a, technically it's a net dry climate, so we're pretty much a desert when it gets, when you really get down to it. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of people look at, you know, everybody's like, oh, you've got skiing and this and that and the other thing, but... Actually, Denver itself gets more sunshine than San Diego does statistically. So it's huh. it's a it's a very dry, very dry climate, especially at the lower elevations. Okay. And one more question: Is it Colorado or Colorado? I never it's knew it was two different words <laughs> until I got here, and, and everyone says Colorado. I, I, it depends on if you grew up here or if you moved here. Okay. It's kind of like. Uh, if you're from here, you say mountains, and if you're not, you say mountains. Mm. Sounds like okay. you said the same thing twice. Uh, so what no, do you say, Colorado or Colorado? I say Rado. Rado? Okay. I think I say Rado. Unless I'm having a really good time, I say Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> it's rad. <laughs> rad. All right, so uh, a couple things that I want to get into on this episode that I think you'll have some interesting perspective on is uh, a couple things I know about you are... You're very passionate about what you do. You're passionate about perfecting your craft and doing things for the right reason. And you're also somebody that is doing a lot of this work solo a lot of times. And uh, it's pretty cool to see some of the scale projects that you do. And you're doing a lot of that mm -hmm. on your own. So uh, talk to us a little bit about what are some of the challenges that you've had uh, being a smaller, you know, sometimes solo contractor out on a job site? And uh, and also, what are some of the benefits? Uh, man, challenge has definitely got to just be the scale, like you said. Um, you know, that's there's components of projects that are 400-plus pounds that I've pretty much got to figure out how to move around by myself. And... Uh, yeah, so, that wouldn't probably be a problem for somebody like me, but I could see how obviously, that would <laughs> I, I haven't perfected lifting with my voice yet. I'm, I'm <laughs> still working on that one. I love all these references to the pot. You really do listen. Uh, you really do. I do. Oh, um, I love that. I think probably the biggest advantage, and I, you know, I've talked about this with other like smaller companies or solo guys, and I think even even with you with keeping your scale smaller is that you don't when you're small you don't have to sacrifice attention to detail and being particular because you're trying to keep production up to meet your overhead yeah i think that's a, a really good point and that's something that I leveraged early on, especially, uh, because if you are the one that's out there doing most of the work, it's almost impossible to lose money on a project. Yeah, you're going to make a little bit less if it takes you a little bit longer, but when you are at that small scale, you can make decisions like, you know what, uh, I want to do this extra little detail. You don't have the overhead of a huge weekly payroll that you have to keep up with, so, you know, you can you can be a lot more flexible, which I think is is really cool, and uh, you know it gives you more freedom. It does, yeah. And it's I said you're not you can change things on the fly a lot easier than you know. There's not a production manager or yeah, you know, 
you got to have a commitment to have a, a crew somewhere two days later, and if you change this one detail, you blow a whole schedule. Like, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely some advantage in the flexibility there. Now, do you talk to yourself a lot on the job site? I think no. that would be the hardest thing for me. It's just like <laughs> yeah, not you could never to do talk that. To. I would go completely <laughs> mad. I would just be out there having conversations with myself and uh, yeah. cracking some good jokes. No, there's no? uh, it's actually pretty quiet on the job site unless there's a mistake made, and then then you scream. There's I a there's that. a there's a you know five ten minute period of some colorful language. Or I'm just imagining right now, uh, like people in downtown denver like they just hear an echo off the mountains like a lot of expletives and it's you up in the mountains <laughs> building something and you you messed something up i could see that yeah i yeah, could see that happens um you listen to music on the drop site no not usually just sounds almost peaceful oh, yeah like meditative yeah almost yeah it's yeah. actually it's kind of uh it unnerves a lot of people because i in a previous life i worked in the nightclub industry so i I tend to value my silence, so like I don't. Huh. I'll listen to an audiobook or something in the truck, but it, I don't typically even drive in the truck with the radio on. It's just just the sound of your own breath. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. I think that would also make me go mad. Um, I don't. I don't know if I'm I'm cut out to do that. And uh, what is one? Because I think a lot of people that listen to this can probably relate to, you know either just being on a small scale, maybe being out there in the field, maybe being a solo operator a lot of the times. And, uh, and that can not only be a lot of work, it can be overwhelming because everything falls on you. It can also, you know, feel even more lonely. You know, be, being a business owner is lonely as it is. And add on top of that, you're by yourself all day. So uh, I think a lot of people can probably relate to, uh, what you go through on a daily basis. How do you get past, because when we're on projects sometimes, I tend to get overwhelmed because, uh, you know, compared to a lot of people, we have kind of a small crew. And when you're on a big project, you you get over that initial rush of uh, progress. And then you get to the point in the job where you're not quite halfway. There's still so much to do. And you kind of start to get a little bit like burnout. And when you're solo... If you're not getting stuff done, nothing is getting done. So uh, it's something that I find difficult sometimes, but we still have multiple people that even if we're all feeling like that, you know, it's not all falling on one person. Do you, do you ever feel like you're, you kind of get burnt out on a larger project? Yeah, it's definitely a, a struggle sometimes where you're, you know, you, especially when you get to like the detail work where, you know, you're doing the track saw stuff and it's, you know, you're, you're there all day and it's, you leave and you don't feel like anything's done because, yeah. you know, it's like you've talked about, you know, you do framing and it's like there's, you go from nothing to this whole bunch of square footage really fast. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then you get into your detail work and it's like, okay, I, I mitered my corners and screw, you know, I pocket hole screwed my stair treads and I, I made 10 stair treads today and I was here all day and it's like, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. So you're probably one of the more passionate builders that I know. Where did that passion come from? Uh, I think that comes from, you know, we're all sort of, 
the sum of our experiences, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, so before I had, before I did Dex exclusively, um, I was kind of doing a little bit of everything and I had a, I actually was doing some roof. I was doing a whole bunch of roofs at one point and I did a roof replacement for a neighbor of mine, um, Mary Ellen. She was retired lady. She was probably her seventies or something like that. And, uh, she had had, uh, like a kitchen addition put on and then we got a hailstorm, and I was, I went to redo the roof and the guys that did the addition did everything wrong mm. and, uh, basically stepped through the roof trying to take the shingles off. And I had to, I had to go to this, you know, sweet lady who was living on retirement income and, it's like, um, I got to basically, like, rebuild the whole roof of the addition of your house. And I, I remember to this day that, you know, she's in her kitchen and she just, I mean, she just lost it. She's, she's crying and she's like, where am I going to get the money for this? And now, like, I can't, like... She she didn't even want to pick out the shingle colors because she's like, this is always something that my husband would do and... Uh-oh. you know it's, and and then I've been on as a deck builder I've been on both spectrums where I've you know I've had these people that are just kind of like money wasn't really that big of a concern and then I've had the unfortunate thing where I've come in and people have paid large sums of money for something that was done completely wrong and mm-hmm. You know, there was one, there was another couple where, like, it was, they were, like, talking about divorce because they were fighting about this deck that, you know, the husband had signed off on this crew, and, like, we had to tear the whole thing down, and it was six months old, and it, so, uh, I think that's where it comes from, is, you know, there's, there's deck builders that talk about, you know, well, we're building decks, we're not saving lives, or blah, 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 and, you know, that's, there's a lot of truth to that, but, the flip side of that is when you see people that have had that opposite experience where mm-hmm. like they get a project that's so bad that it just like it drains their it drains them physically it drains them financially yeah you know i i had one client who they had a they had a lakefront house and they had this beautiful house and they had a walkout deck on their master bedroom and the wife wouldn't use it because she had, as a child, she had a deck fall off her house. Oh, and geez. so she was, she was scared to death to use her own, her own deck at her own house. So when you, I guess when you see that negative thing, you take, I, I sort of like take that under my wing or take it personally. And it's just like, I don't, I don't want anybody to ever have that experience. Right. You want it to be done right. I think it, it also, I think some people can become a little bit, uh, I guess, desensitized to the fact that we are working for people that saved for a project like this. And whether it is a huge project for, for your company, like it's, you know, one $200,000 or it's a thirty or $40,000 project, like either way, 
it's a big investment for some people. And a lot of times that thirty or forty thousand dollar deck is a bigger investment for that client than somebody that can afford a hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand dollar deck. So I always took that very personally that, you know, these people they sacrificed a lot of other things that they could have spent this money on. So I think people always have to be mindful of the fact that, that you take on that responsibility of everything that they've put into it. And obviously you owe it to them to deliver a quality product. And, um, you know, unfortunately some contractors and, and sometimes the industry in general has a reputation for, you know, hearing a lot of the stories like you're telling and not necessarily hearing a lot of the experiences where people do a great job. You know, it's, it's, it's the, the job where somebody gets completely ripped off from a contractor. It gets a lot more press than, you know, you coming in afterwards and doing a great job and treating them right and making it right. So it's that whole thing about, you know, people will, people will tell one person about a great job, but they'll tell 10 people about a bad job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you obviously take a lot of, a lot of this personal, you take a lot of pride in not only what you're doing, but the service that you're providing for your clients. And uh, being that you are solo a lot of the time, you're the one that's selling it, you're designing it, you're building it. Um, what, what's a typical experience like for a client? You know, it, how, because we get, we get pretty close with our clients by the end of a project. And uh, I imagine you probably have the same experience. Mm-hmm. typically yeah very much so um i i think part of my sales process has been that you know i i take a lot of pride in that i'm building a relationship with that client as much as i'm building them an outdoor space um you know it's not i think it's about two years ago now the i would say the the highlight of my professional career was we did a project um for a client who their their daughter was getting married and it was right during covid so they had lost um they'd lost their wedding venue because obviously everything was closed down so they you know they really upped their budget and they basically were like well we're gonna build we're going to build a space to host our daughter's wedding. And so we, we finished the space and, um, we were actually invited to the wedding and the, the father of the bride, um, literally stopped the reception and called me and the two guys that were working with me at the time forward in front of the whole wedding party and like introduced us to all of the guests and like thanked us for building the space and oh that's like, quite a referral yeah like, <laughs> I, amazing. I, 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 you know there's 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 all kinds of awards out there but like i'm i don't think i could top that like there's yeah that's pretty that's that's pretty uh there's not gonna be a lot of opportunities for a project like that which is which is super cool um did he ever say anything like uh, I wish you were the one that was marrying my daughter. No. Anything? No, he didn't try to. Okay. No, nothing like that. That could have got weird. That could have got uh, awkward. Yeah, no, we, uh, so we, you know, we got that amazing experience and that, um, you know, awesome opportunity. And uh, we, we actually have gone back for um, some dinners on a couple of different occasions with the whole family and, 
you know, they've got grandkids and, you know, their grandkids play with my son. And so it's, you know, that I think that's those experiences is what really makes it, I don't want to say difficult, but really deters my ambition to scale. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's, there's always, you're going to sacrifice something about the company if you decide to scale. You know, you're not going to have, you might have some similar experiences, but you're not going to have an experience like that. And I think a lot, uh, a lot of things in the industry now get lost in the, this like pursuit of scaling everything. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think a big chunk of why we do this is because we just enjoy it. You know, you're at work for a long time. I feel like work is almost all I do. You know, I don't have any hobbies. I don't have anything like that. Like I want to, I want to more than anything, enjoy what I'm doing every day. And that might, you know, make me miss out on some opportunities for scaling. But I think there's a lot to be said for kind of knowing where you want to be and, accepting that and and getting a lot of fulfillment out of that like you obviously get a lot of satisfaction out of the experience that you provide your clients you take it very personal and I think sometimes in the industry you hear stuff like that almost talked down upon like you you have to be scaling you have to get another crew and it's like but why you know you're making a living you're you're building a really great brand you have a very unique experience that you can provide uh your client and you know like we talked about in the presentation we did mm-hmm. you can leverage that you know and people will be willing to pay a premium for that type of experience so uh i think that's really cool yeah i i mean i don't i don't think you can I don't think I at least could step away from that moment when you get to see somebody that you've been working for actually use the space that you've made for them. Yeah. Like that I don't I don't know of, you know, guys that on big scales that never actually step foot on the job site like Yeah. I don't I don't know if the change is it, is worth it to me right now. Yeah, I think so. I think that was something that I experienced a little bit uh, probably four or five years ago. It was like at the very beginning stages of, of kind of going down that road of potentially scaling, getting to two crews. And I was focusing a lot more on selling and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, over the course of that year, I was doing a lot more of the stuff that I didn't like and I wasn't good at. And I was like, you know what? Not only are these not my strong suits, but I don't like this that much. Like, I hate all these parts of it, doing permits and paperwork and ordering more materials and setting things up and keeping everybody busy. So uh, I realized pretty quickly that let me figure out another way to to grow the business that's going to appeal to the things that I actually like doing. Did that make sense? That made sense, yeah. You think so? I do, yeah. Okay, that's good. I, I think <laughs> it's, you know... it. Like you were saying, you gotta you gotta determine what your own version of success is and what yeah. what is the value add in your own business to you. Yeah. And you know, like I said, you know, knowing 
knowing the birthdays of clients, kids, and, you know, being on, like, like I'm sure you guys have done what you're saying, you interact with, you know, your clients' kids, like, if we've got, like, you know, we'll have a job where we've got a skid steer on site, and the, the client has a little boy that's five or six years old, and it's like, you know, you get the permission from the parents, and you throw that kid in the skid steer with you for 20 <laughs> minutes. And Did you get the permission of your insurance agent on that? <laughs> they don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> This but podcast the, isn't going out anywhere. Right. Don't worry about it. They won't know. <laughs> but those are, you know, those are the those are the kinds of things that are. That's the value add, and that's yeah. the that's the version of success that I, I'm comfortable with. And I think one thing that's kind of interesting about what you're doing is uh, you'd be really hard pressed to find somebody that could replace you in the field because you've you've kind of. Uh, invented a lot of the techniques that you're doing with framing with steel. So it's not like a, uh, there's not really like a, a prescription of how to do this out there. You're kind of making up and innovating a lot of the ways that you're doing things on the fly. So, uh, and I think I get the sense that that is something just the, the trying new things. And, and I see you get really jacked up about a seemingly, minuscule improvement on a process of something that you do, you get really jacked up about that little bit of uh, innovation. Yeah. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. You're getting all giddy. Just. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, it's almost like playing with Lego, except I'm the factory too. So like, <laughs> If there's a piece that I want, I, 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 make, I can make my own Lego piece, so to speak. It's a really interesting way to put it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I have a, I have a, a question. I'm not sure if I should save it for the secret question, but I kind of want to ask it now. Go ahead. Okay. Are clients ever scared of you when you first show up? Um, like, do, do clients ever say to you, like, Scott, I'm not going to lie. I was a little intimidated by you at first, and then I realized that you're so like such a big teddy bear. Um, anyone ever say that to you? Uh, I think once or twice people have been <laughs> hesitant. Let's say to yeah. like they're like, when's move, this guy gonna hit me? <laughs> move the uh, move the conversation like to the kitchen table, so to speak. Yeah. Um, especially being somebody that not typically isn't very outspoken yeah quiet reserved big deep voice can be intimidating <laughs> but then then you are start you, talking I think the real question is are you intimidated <laughs> i'm so scared oh god scott don't hit me please uh no i'm so used to it i work next to anthony every day that's true so i'm above average height let's get that straight okay All right i'm almost 5'11 so Let's get go. that on the record. <laughs> so, uh, did you just say I was lying? I'm I not didn't, lying. I didn't say you were lying. We'll get a tape measure out. I swear. Yeah, we'll get a tape measure. You guys uh, can stand back to back and we'll see who's talking. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, what, what other things do you want to, uh, you want to kind of address? You know, what, what, what do you think is driving you next in business and in the industry? You know, what, what gets you excited? Uh man, I I think honestly just I I being on this podcast that that's 
tremendously excited. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell by my stumbling over my words. Probably pick up the beat red in the in the footage too. But yeah, we can, and we'll, we'll amplify that with some okay. effects. Yeah. <laughs> A little Rotten Tomatoes yeah. headshot there. Uh, I think for me, the I think the trend of seeing more and more people willing to trade ideas. Um, exchange information is really exciting. Um, I th- I think the willingness of people to sort of discard the you're my competition is good. Uh, there's a lot of that here. Um, and I think I'm excited about what social media for, I mean, it obviously has its downsides, but I, I really am excited about what it does for the industry as a whole. Um, you know, you guys specifically, you know, you have this huge footprint that somebody like me is, I'm probably never going to have. Like, I'm not. Not with that attitude. <laughs> not with that attitude. Like, you know, I, I don't have this huge YouTube exposure. I don't have this huge Instagram following. But because of people like you, um, you know, I think of like Deck South, John, I think of, mm. you know, Varney with Doc and Deck, uh, Blake out in California. Like, there's all these people that are doing these just phenomenal projects, and social media brings, these, brings that to the masses. And then, like, I don't. I don't have the de- like the eye for design that you do, but because of not with that attitude, <laughs> I, I just don't. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, you know, that's not a str- like you talk about. You got to identify your strengths. Like, mm-hmm. that's not. There's certain visual things that I just I'm not going to see that. What would you say your strength is? About probably 200 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, social media puts that out there, and now a client of mine can see something that I would have never thought of, but they're like, wow, this is amazing. Can I have something like this? And, you know, like you guys have put that blueprint or that footprint out there and now it's available to a client of mine where it would like, if I had to come up with my own, it would have never been something that they could, they could have because it just, it's not something I would think of. You're welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, I think that's something that is that from the very beginning was such a cool aspect of social media was just the community aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, it obviously was a really uh, instrumental piece for me growing the business, getting local leads, all of that kind of stuff was was you know the one of the main objectives from the beginning. But it was another like unforeseen benefit of getting on social media was like this sense of community and i think uh you know i mean that's that's how we know each other right and now Mm -hmm. we've known each other for i don't know a long time probably right yeah a couple years now maybe like five years even i don't know it's been a while it's been a while (laughs) but uh i think that's something that like wasn't available to a lot of people before like there there is this deep sense of community and you can you know connect with somebody 
all the way across the country that is running a similar business and you're going through similar struggles and you can kind of help each other. Uh, even if you don't have advice for each other, how to handle something, you can just be like, yeah, been there. That sucks. And you're like, finally, somebody, somebody has been there. Somebody gets what I'm going through. Uh, I think that was such, such a unforeseen benefit of social media when I started. Um, and then also the, just the kind of playful, competition of trying to do something new and cool yeah you know well, I, I think- was gonna say i think that's that's probably one of the other things that's really great is it allows you know the community and social media is allowing guys like myself who are smaller to still contribute positively to the industry you know i get you know I'll get somebody in, say, Canada or Minnesota that has a question about steel framing or something else, and it's, like, I get to help that person's client out, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a tremendous amount of satisfaction in that, that you can, you can be part of sort of elevating the game of people outside of your own company. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one of your most admirable qualities now that I've been to several shows with you. You're so big on community and you're always connecting people. You you know everybody and you're always like introducing people to people or you're like, you got to meet this person or like, I think that's so good for the industry for like a person like you to connect people and having a positive influence through like just building this community. I think it's, you know, you have to take, you have to have appreciation for the people that come into your life that are good and... I've been fortunate to have a lot of great people cross my path. So it's when you can connect this great person that you've met with this great person that you've met. And now, now those people know it. it there's just, there's something really special and cool about that, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, you're, you're definitely one of the people that we've met through the internet. And, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. I feel like, there's through these like trade shows and everything like that. Like you, you meet a lot of people online, you interact with them a lot. You are one of those people. And then, but it always takes that, you know, meeting in person to like, sometimes you can really connect with somebody online and, and like really get along. And then, you know, you kind of meet them and it, it's kind of like building your brand. It's like, this doesn't seem like the same person, you know, it's like, you can sense how genuine they are. So some people you'll kind of talk to online, then you'll meet in person and it will like deepen that relationship. And some people it's like, ah, we didn't actually really kind of like vibe that, that much. And obviously you are one of the people that, uh, we started talking to online. That's how we kind of met through one way or the, the other. I don't even remember, but now we've been to all these events together and it's just, uh, it's just kind of deepened the relationship. So I think it, speaks to the importance of coming to events like this. Like a lot of people think Mm -hmm. that, Oh, I don't have time. I'm so busy with work, but there's this really valuable community aspect that it's hard to like put a definitive value on coming to a trade show or a, you know, whatever it is. But you know, it's something that I think we would be a lot worse off if we didn't come to so many of these events and like deepen relationships with, with people like you, Scott. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, let's say, you know, let's take deck expo or something, for example. And for me, like the, 
the new products aren't necessary. Like that's not what you're there for. Yeah, you there's not there's not nearly the value add of you know building that one relationship that you hadn't had prior to that event, and you know you you find somebody that you can exchange a tip with, or mm-hmm. you get you get you know one new Instagram account to follow, and they do they do some cool detail that you and how much is that cool detail worth to you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's really cool to have that sense of community. And it's like all of these, like, like a little thing that you are changing with say, like the way that you're, you're building stairs. Like you've kind of went about that in a really unique way, you know, welding steel and all this, all this crazy stuff. And I don't understand it, but other people that use steel understand it probably. And they're like, okay, I'm going to take this little tip. And like the fact that it's all out there, it helps accelerate the rate of like improvement in the industry. Whereas before it would be like, Oh, this guy in my market, I saw he did this job and he did this one thing this way. Now it's like instantly that tip is out there. That method is out there. And if it's a good method, other people can kind of adapt that. And then they can start integrating that into their builds. And then they come up with a little bit of a tweak that makes it a little bit better. And it just like accelerates the progress of the whole industry, which um, obviously you're super passionate about. So I think that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. You think that's cool? I think that's cool, yeah. You think that's cool? <laughs> I, I like to think so. Sick. <laughs> that's awesome. How I long have we been rocking here on this? 37 minutes. 37 minutes, not too bad. Yeah. Not too that's bad. fast. Is that yeah. Eastern time or is that <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm still in Eastern right. Standard yeah. Time. I'm, I'm not sure how that translates. Yeah. So uh, I guess we got another like 23 minutes. <laughs> we got anything else? What do we yeah. got? Do you want to talk about your nightclub days? What was that about? Or should we? Uh, should that? Sure. What, you, what would you like to know? I don't know. Were you, were you a bouncer? I started as one, yes. And then, then uh, what? Wait, let me guess. Were you the cooler? Uh, no. I guess. You know what I'm talking about, right? Roadhouse? Patrick no. Swayze? He's the cooler. I guess, yeah. You know, at one point I was. At, I believe there was actually a similar point to where I had a group of guys that were actually all bigger than me, and, and you was, were the cooler. Yeah. What's what? Was. Can it, can you explain that? What's that? Okay. What's the cooler? Catherine, somebody comes up to you, yells in your face. Yeah. Be nice. They step on your foot, and they yell, "Be nice at me." No, 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 no. You've never seen Roadhouse. No. <laughs> all right. This is I'm Patrick Swayze. Okay. R.I.P. I'm training the rest of my bouncers. I'm the cooler. You got to see the movie. It's really good. Do we have time to watch it right now? (laughs) Anyway, somebody yells in your face. Be nice. Somebody throws a drink in your face. Be nice. Always be nice until it's time to not be nice. Mm. It's pretty sick. I think at the end, he rips a guy's heart out of his chest or what does he do? Yeah, Yeah, it's so crazy. (laughs) It's pretty sick. It's awesome. I'm going to take your word for it because none of that makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it makes no yeah. sense. Uh, but I guess he's trained in martial arts or something. I don't know. He looks like pretty small. He's pretty ripped in the movie, but, okay. you know, not your typical bouncer, but... Uh, not what you would typically think of, no. No. Mm. You got to see it. No, I'll, it's really I'll give it a watch. You've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. You lived it. Uh, <laughs> Was it based on you? No. No, I was in a, I was in a little bit different nightclub setting than that than that particular <laughs> nightclub. Is there anything that you want to ex- expand <laughs> upon with that? Uh, 
Or should we just leave it at that? We could expand upon it as much as you <laughs> right, would throw like. Throw out one good. Uh, Give us a good what, story. What kind of nightclub were you working in? I did. I did. Uh, pretty much the gamut of nightclubs. Uh, your standard, you know, nightclubs. I worked in the uh, gentlemen's nightclub industry for a while. Mm. So, yeah. Did they get out of control? You look like you would be like the, really, uh Let's just say that... You would have no tolerance for people getting out of hand in a situation like that. Uh, being disrespectful. I had, uh, I had a very short fuse for people being disrespectful. Yeah, that was, that was kind of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, you were very passionate about people and their experience. I was very passionate about people and their experience. Uh, super passionate about the people that worked for me. Yeah, uh, I did not. I did not tolerate people that did not treat my people well. Mm. It just we can leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> there was the, that that escalated to let's not be nice very quickly. Typically, yeah, mm. you always got to be nice until it's time not to be nice, and sometimes that's right away. I don't. I'll have to watch Some, it again to see like what what is right the, away. what the it's tipping true. point is. But such a good movie. You gotta watch it. Okay, I'll watch Go it. Go check it out. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I, some of that experience definitely transitions over to what I do now. Yeah. Um, you know, especially, especially learning about what you know, selling selling value and not price. Because, yeah. and let's be honest, anybody that's gone out to a bar to a restaurant, like, there's you have to have perceived value there because why are you going to pay $8 for a beer at a bar that you could buy the same beer for 85 cents and drink it at home? So, you know, the, the, there's, there's definitely some learning to create value in what you do by being in that industry. Never thought of that. Never thought of that either. It's a great point. Yeah. We might use that. Feel free. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I steal a lot of your stuff, so I totally appreciate it. it. Appreciate I, it. I could, yeah, I could, so the, I could steal something back. The, the memory, uh, you know, that you're spitting out these things that we said back at us. Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> Got a good memory. It's like a steel trap. I did that steel joke trap, yesterday. Yep. Steel trap. Yep. You're a steel guy. You're a steel guy. You hey, do. don't steal my ideas. Right. Or or do that's kind of why we're doing this. Or do, or yeah, do. yeah. That's why we're doing this. So. Um, all right, yeah. do you want to move to a secret question? Yeah, do you want to do a secret question? How are you going to work this with three people? I don't know. Did we ever do this before with three people? I'm not sure. I don't know if you've done the secret question with three people. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Oh, we, no, we did it with Anthony, but I forget how that turned out. Mm, okay. Okay, secret question. Those are big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, literally. Literally. Right. size 13. <laughs> I'm going to try, wearing? Ant. What size are you wearing? I'm 13s, too. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Same size but, shoe. Are you guys the same height? No. Ants got me by like an inch or two, I think. Okay. What, how okay. tall are you? Six three. Okay, he's six mm. five and three sixteenths. Yeah. So, <laughs> at Expo, he he had me by a couple inches. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's a tall guy. Don't worry about it. Yeah. He's got me by like an inch or so as right. well. So. <laughs> I know in the pictures it was really close between. Yeah, the two so of close. Yeah. Did you see Ant, on the last? And then Ant was over the over the top. But. See the last? Uh, there was a comment on the last YouTube video. They were like, "I like how you're standing higher up on the trailer <laughs> ramp, yeah. so that you guys appear to be the same height, but you could tell by the just gargantuan scale of his hands that uh, something's not adding up." His hands like, did look really big yeah. in that. I was like, "Wow, you have such a." keen eye for these things because 
we also laughed about that pretty good yeah i bought he bought the same boots as me we have matching boots and i stuck my foot next to his the other day just for laughs and it was like literally twice the size of my foot yeah it's pretty great yeah yeah yeah. but you also can wear children's shoes i can yeah yeah that's weird anyway save some money yeah (laughs) all right do you why don't you start this off We'll go this way around. Secret question. What do you got? What do you got? Okay. Um, Hmm. Would you rather? Ooh, love would you rather. (laughs) They're all the rage right now, the would you rathers. Would you rather? Do you call them steal you rathers? No. Get it? (laughs) Would? Steal? Would steal. Okay. I need a second, Sean. Can you? You You want me to pop in? Okay. I like the way you were going with the would you rather. Scott, would you rather... Uh, make 10 times the amount of money that you made last year, but you can never build a deck ever again or do any construction stuff. Or you can continue, but you have to make half as much as you made. You can't continue at where you're at. You either have to make half as l- half the amount and continue working or make 10 times as much, but you can never do any construction or building again. That was a pretty good one, right? That's a good one. No building at all, like even on your own home. Nope. R- right. That's no. What's 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 the qualifier there? Like, <laughs> you can't use any tools. You you got to hire somebody. You so got to call like, a clown like me. What out about to like high like, right, like hanging are, a picture in your own house? No. Does that count? You got to uh, hire somebody to do that. If I, like, if no I, tools. If I can't, <laughs> if I can't even like go in the garage and build stuff with my kid, then no, I, no, yeah, I'll I'll take half all day long. Yeah, I figured you were gonna say yeah. that. Ah, what would I do? What would I do? Yeah, what would you do? Uh, I hate to say it, but I think I would... Uh, I don't know. I think I would take the... Maybe 10 times as much. Because uh, I think it's just by pure happenstance that I that started a business building decks and patios. I think I could find something else to do to fuel my creative fuel and i would have 10 times the amount of money to pour into that Mm. so it would be sad i would be very upset and very sad for a little bit but uh i would buy a lot of tissues to wipe away the tears which i could 10 times the amount it's pretty solid (laughs) but yeah that's hard that's a tough one that is a tough one what would you do um you could never i feel like i have a loophole here global because why because i'm married to a builder so in my brain i'm like the fact that I couldn't even like hang a picture in my house, that would be like torture to have to hire somebody to do that for me. But you would make him do it. I could just make him do all my stuff. How long is that going to take? Probably <laughs> longer than hiring somebody. <laughs> uh, okay. No, yeah. Cool. I, I think I would still build because if you think about it, to, if you can't use tools, then you, use you tools are for a tool. like a lot of things. It's true. So I'd, it's true. I wouldn't be able to give that up, I think. All right. Scott, you got a secret question for us? Yeah, Scott, what do you got? All right. What do you got, Scott? <laughs> so, if you could undo one mistake from your past, but it would cost you the life you have now, would you still undo that mistake? Uh, no, of course not. I am, without my mistakes, I would be nothing. I am pretty much entirely made up of mistakes. So how can I? Sum of all all of your mistakes. I'm the sum of all my (laughs) mistakes right now. Uh, No, I. One thing I've I've always uh, appreciated about myself, I've never been one to uh, look back in the past 
maybe maybe even to a maybe I should more, but uh, something I always heard was uh, dwelling on the past is depression, and dwelling in the future is anxiety. I'm definitely more anxious than depressed because mm. I'm always thinking about what's next, and uh, uh, I get over the past super quick and uh i don't care and i always try to learn from my mistakes so uh, i would never change any mistake mm, okay okay you like that answer that's like a pretty that good answer, answer. Yeah. answer yeah sweet thanks um, appreciate it very zen on the right depression and anxiety yeah yeah that's why i'm always anxious because i'm yeah, always living both, in the future though? what if you have both then you're screwed yeah yeah so um yeah i don't think i would change any mistakes I like my life, and I have made a lot of mistakes, but I've always trusted myself to work it out, and um, so far, so good. Yeah, you're out giving presentations. Yeah, from good presentations, <laughs> very informative and educational presentations at that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. What about you, Scott? What about your mistakes? Only because I wouldn't give up where I'm at now. Yeah. But I would definitely say that there's, if it wasn't for being a father and that sort of thing, there's mm-hmm. definitely people in the past, mistakes I've made that hurt people that I would take back if I could. Mm. You could like write those people a letter now though. Yeah. I think about that a lot for the people that I feel like I've wronged. Yeah. I'd love to like write a letter, like a heartfelt letter. I would appreciate if someone did that to me. So I think. I don't I don't want to sound like a, too much of an angel, but I don't know if I've ever really <laughs> wronged anybody. Uh, I bet Have people I, would disagree with that. You think so? Probably. You're probably right, yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's just because I, I just get over it so quick. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah you, you just forgot about it. That, that yeah. Feel wrong, so. yeah, you're probably right. I'm probably just like, ah, whatever, I'm over it. Uh, I'm on the future now, <laughs> yeah. so get over it. <laughs> Who cares what I did? Uh, yeah, I can't think of any offhand, but uh, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll dive deep on that. Yeah. I'll get back do to you. Do a mental deep dive on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, while doing your that Pilates. was great. Yeah. Who me? Yeah. I don't do Pilates. I know. <laughs> yeah. But I'm doing really good on my uh, on my goals. Uh, yeah. I ran yesterday at the hotel. I am at what am I at now? Thirty one miles. So I have like eight days to do another nineteen. I think you're going to do it. Yeah, definitely. Of course I'm going to do it. I could do that in one day if I had to. Right? You believe in your With that mindset. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right, what do you got? What do you got? What do you uh, got? Right. You got a question? Yeah, Scott, you're a big book guy. Big audio book guy. You don't like small books, though? Only a big book guy? <laughs> Only big books. <laughs> I, I like books. I like <laughs> audio books. <laughs> so what, what, give us your top three recommendations. Ooh, top three. Ah. Uh. Well, let's say the top three that you feel have had the biggest impact on you. Well, let's uh, top three. Um, I think audiobook wise, um, I just finished listening to uh, Never Finished the new the new one from David Goggins. Okay. Um, I just I just did that one. Wait, did I? What was this other one? Can't hurt me was the first. Can't one. hurt me. Uh, I don't know which one I did. I think it was Can't Hurt Me. You did Can't Hurt Me because yeah. you guys talked about that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little intense um, for me. The audiobook of Never Finished is because of the bonus content with David and uh, the other guy. And he actually has his mom. Oh, really? He Aww. actually interviews his mom to talk about when he was growing up. And that's that was pretty powerful. So, yeah. Uh, that's an awesome audiobook. 
um, book to read. Uh, this is Stout Strange, but there was a book. I read it. I don't know how many times. Um, it's The Mental Game of Baseball. And it's it's an awesome book for it it obviously talks about baseball but it translates across a lot of things uh business personal um one of the one of the coolest things in that book is um they talk about the difference between wanting something and wishing for something and they basically break it down into terms of a lot of people say that they want something but they don't want to put effort into achieving what it is that they say that they want Mm -hmm. so they qualify that as wishing for something because wanting to say you want actually implies that you will take action so that I like that. Oh yeah. yeah that, I like that. Um book also it talks a lot about like visualization and that kind of thing. So it's it's actually a really good book just as a general read. Um it's kind of like that book Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Yep. I think it's this is not actually just a book about a road trip and motorcycle maintenance. <laughs> the whole thing's a metaphor for life. That's yeah, that's So this that's, one's that's maybe not book. all about baseball. It's that's about a, that's actually a good life. Book too. Um it was a number three. What do you got? Number three, number three, number three. Probably one that I just finished fairly recently was um, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. I just finished Start With Why. Yeah. I should I should do that one next. Yeah, yeah. Leaders Eat Last is, is a really good book, and it actually it makes some really poignant examples of like what's going on with corporate America today, and it talks... Um, it talks a lot about the investment in in people and in culture and how we've sort of lost sight of that, especially in, you know, Wall Street, corporate America, where it's, we get so caught up in bottom line and shareholder value that, you know, the people value gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. And he gives lots of examples of, how if you actually look long-term companies that are paying attention to caring about their people actually perform better long-term and it's just, yeah, it's really cool because it, it, it gives really good examples and really timely examples of why it's important to actually, you know, care about your, your fellow man and your, your employees He talked a lot about that and start with why as well. And I loved, uh, you know, I, that's like my favorite type of book is it's not necessarily like this is your blueprint, do this, then this, then this. It's more of just like a mental shift kind of book. Like think of these things in a different way. Those are always my favorite type of books. And, uh, and he talks about that a lot that you need to value your people. And a lot of times with, uh, companies that, uh, go do an IPO and, and now they're they're driven by Wall Street. They're so focused on the short-term profits and loss that they kind of neglect the long-term viability of their company, which ultimately a lot of times comes down to the people. And, uh, and that's something that is kind of lost in a lot of the capitalist system. It's, it's driven by so much short-term 
return, that kind of long-term vision is, is not an option anymore. Right. So as a chief vision officer, as, yeah. as I am, <laughs> absolutely. I take, I take uh, a great slight in that. I don't like that. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that one next. I love that. Should, yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah, one of the best examples in the book is he actually compares – he, he compares GE under Jack Welch, who, you know, in a lot of ways is con- was considered this amazing CEO and did all this stuff with GE, and he, he compares them to Costco, and he, he actually shows you, you know, over the period of 20 years or whatever, like Costco actually outperforms yeah. GE, and, you know, they have this culture of taking care of their people and benefits and this and that, and... I don't. Yeah. I, I don't want to fully take credit for that, but uh, I have been spending a lot of money at Costco. So uh, they got me hook, line, and sinker. Whatever they're doing, it's working because I've spent a lot of money there. Uh, cool. I don't think we need to go over books. We talk about books like every week. Yeah. We'll just keep that one as a Scott answer. So, uh, Scott. Thanks for coming on the podcast yeah, with thank us. Thank you so much for being yeah. here. We really appreciate it. Uh, this was it was fun to kind of dive into some of those more introspective things. Uh, once I said that out loud, I feel like we're actually we get pretty introspective every week. That's about <laughs> that's kind of what we do. Yeah. So it was it was fun to do that it's with kind you. Of what you do? It yeah. is kind of what we do. Uh, so thanks for coming on with us, and uh, you know, give Scott a follow. Precision. I can't talk. Precision. Precision construction. Colorado. 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 Yeah. It's, it's a mouthful. Right? No, Colorado. Is it Colorado? It's spelled okay. out Colorado. Yeah. It's spelled out Colorado. Construction Colorado. Yeah. On okay. Instagram. We'll add a link to uh Yeah, something. we'll tag him. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. You can do that? I can do that. You'll yes. do that in the I notes or whatever. Yes, I can. And uh, also, we'll put an Audible link. Do we still do that? Yep. We'll do that with the books yep. that some he has best, suggested. Some of the best $15 you can spend right there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I love that. So, uh, I guess that's pretty much it for now. Yeah. High five. I can't reach you, but I'll give you an air high five. Oh. Whoa. Hey. Guns. <laughs> All right. Well, until uh, next time, this has been the Hardworking Happy Hour. See you next week.